Welcome back, Stylish Leaders. Matthew Simmons here. I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast, and this is going to be an amazing episode. We're going to have our first entrepreneurial spotlight in this episode. But before we get into that, I want to give you a quick places where you can find us. So if you're listening to us in the podcast world, we want to thank you for listening to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Anchor, Radio Public, and Stitcher. There will be more to come later on, but we're thankful for you listening to us, and we're thankful for those carriers carrying this podcast. And if you're on any of those platforms or know people who are and you want to listen there uh, and you want to share, just tell them to look for Stylish Leadership on those platforms, and they'll be able to find us. And also, YouTube and Instagram, same name, Stylish Leadership. Check us out. Subscribe, like, follow, comment, share, all the above for our videos and our content that we produce there. So we're going to be talking to our first entrepreneur We are going to be talking to Tyler Turner, and he's going to tell you more about himself, but he is a musician. He is our first guy that we're going to spotlight, but there'll be many more to come in different fields. We want to give you an exposure to people who are going out there, chasing their dreams, making it happen in whatever they want to do. So he's going to be the first one, and so we're going to introduce him here now. So welcome, Tyler, to this podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So tell us a little about yourself, where you can find us, where we can find you on social media, and kind of how you got started in music. Yeah, so I'm an artist. My name is my uh, stage name is Big Tunes. That's Big T O O N Z. You can find me on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Real Big T O O N Z, and also it's the same for Twitter, and that's my at. And I got started in music. First, I started playing guitar. That was my first venture into music, and. Uh, I was very inspired by like Stevie Ray Vaughan and a lot of bluesy type of artists, you know, Jimi Hendrix, you know, your casual uh, great guitarist, you know, like Steve Vai, those kind of thing. And then I kind of, I've always been a fan of hip hop because I grew up listening to it my entire life. And uh, I always like, you know, the Southern type of music. And so you know, the Southern type of uh, hip hop. And so that's what I'm making now, you know, trying to, uh, you know, put, trying to, uh, you know, make Southern hip hop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what is the difference for those that may not know? Uh, what's the difference? What's Southern hip hop? How does it relate to other regions of the country? Uh, well, it's a little bit more, uh, I guess, low, deeper. It's got a, it's not as you know, in New York, you might find something that's more like a beat bop type of uh, a beat. And then in West Coast hip hop, it's going to be a little bit more bouncy. In Southern hip hop, you kind of take both of those elements and kind of bring it down a little bit, you know, bring the tone down. Uh, you know, it has a little bit more bass and... uh yeah, so it's just the best of both worlds with a little bit of twist on it. Okay, that's yeah. that's pretty interesting. So who would be a good artist, uh, a good, I guess, southern rap artist that you listen to? Uh, well, most people would know uh, a, a really big one, probably one of the best rappers of all time, is uh, Lil Wayne. Uh, a lot of people know him. He's from New Orleans, you know, so that's really southern, you know. Uh, and he's got that... Uh, He's got a very Southern voice and a lot of Southern uh, characteristics in his music, you know, by the words that he uses and just 
the way that he talks, you know, the way that he raps, you know, sings, whatever you want to call it. But so that's kind of a really good person that if I wanted to listen to Southern hip hop, that's where I would start. Okay. Okay. So what, so you said, so what, uh, did you start with a musical background, like instrument wise, musician wise? How did that, how did that transpire? Well, I started playing guitar, like I said, and that was, you know, I grew up my whole life. My dad really liked Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, he's like Stevie Ray Vaughan. They call him like one of the best guitarists ever. Yeah, and he's from Texas. You know, I'm from San Antonio. And so it he really inspired me to start playing guitar because, you know, he's from my state. You know, he's really big. My dad listened to him, you know. But as far as, like, background, I never really took any classes or anything. I just listened to a lot of music and learned how to play their music. And I kind of just figured it out on my own, you know, just, I never really took, I learned by ear, I guess that's what you would say, not really figuring it out by your own, but just learning by listening to other people's music and trying to incorporate those licks or those style, their style of playing into my own playing, you know? I got you. Yeah. I got you. So what now, so how long have you been like actually recording music? Recording music, probably, well, I've recorded music for a while for myself, but I've just now started recording music for other people. I've always recorded music. I have a lot of music that I have recorded that's just, you know, maybe I'll send it to a family member, like, oh, I learned how to play this, you know, but actually recording it and putting out, I've just maybe started in the last six months, you know. Okay. Yeah. So what are some of your where do you get your material to write your songs? What inspire what inspires you? Uh well the biggest thing that inspires me is what I see going on in the world, whether that's what's going on in my life or what whether that's going whether what's going on in the government, you know, like I my newest song that I put out was around uh Martin Luther King Day and it was about, you know, equality, you know, because in today's world, we have a lot of separation, and I just feel like we need to come together, you know. So that was what my last song was about. So it's just what I see going on and what's going on in my own life, you know. That's good. That's good. So do you have any current any current uh, recordings that you're about to, to drop out there? Yeah, I'm working on an EP right now called Dark Light, and uh, it should be it should be coming out in about September, and uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's gonna be, I'm I haven't started recording it yet, but I just started I just finished writing it, so it should be coming out in September. Yeah. That's excellent, man. So I know as a musician, for me, because I personally am a musician, I know that it's a form of for me when I play music, I don't write music, but when I play it, it's a form of therapy. And it's a form of um, personal worship or expression. Do you find the same release in music as many other musicians and writers do? Oh, for sure. I mean, the lyrics that I write, it's more, you know, almost like a journaling for me. A lot of people will journal to get their ideas on a piece of paper, whether, you know, it's, man, I can't keep doing this or you know I I'm struggling you know just to if you don't have somebody to talk to or you don't want to talk to somebody about it it's 
easy to, you know, write journal. Well, that's kind of what mu- writing music is for me. Like I said, I write about what's going on in my life. So it's like a form of journaling for me, pretty much. It, it helps me relieve stress by talking about what I'm going through. That's excellent. I mean, I know that so many people are going through stuff, particularly people who are, you know, young adults coming up through life. They have a lot of questions. They have a lot of concerns or fears, and they don't quite know how to express it. And I've seen so many people just close up and bottle it in. They don't have any incentive to release that, and it it bothers them, and it can end up messing with their head. So if they have a way to – what do you – What's the importance of getting of having that release mechanism in someone's life that you have found? Man, well, you know, it's you never want your feelings to get built up to a high emotional level because that's not good for you and your mental state and that's not good for the people around you, you know? Cuz a lot of times you'll take your mental stress out on another person, which isn't your fault. You just haven't found a way for you to take it out you or you know to relieve stress you know like like i was saying for me it's writing you know yeah and and so many people uh so many people write and so many novels and songs you listen to lyrics in a lot of songs a lot of different genres you do get the uh you do get the vibe that you have people crying out through the way they write because it's if they just tell you they don't know how to articulate it but it almost gives you a creative license to express yourself in a vulnerable way but in an accepted platform because so many people don't feel accepted and i've i feel that so many people don't appreciate the value of music so frederick nietzsche said without music life would be a mistake. I really feel like that's accurate because so many people, and and for you listening, you know that I give a quote for each episode, so that's this episode's quote. Without music, life would be a mistake. So I want you to think about that because, you know, we've been talking, so the past few episodes, I've just been laying the foundation for the fundamentals of what stylish leadership is. We've never mentioned music before, but that doesn't have to, it's just, it's a, this is one of those tools that you can use to make life better because I've noticed that as a musician myself, I've always related to my, I've always found a way to relate my struggles to a song mm-hmm. and have that pressure relieved because life's going to happen. And if you don't know how to deal with it, you're just going to constantly go through the motions. And when you bottle emotions up, that's when a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people turn to drugs or alcohol or suicide or some other kind of an addiction that steals away any glimmer of life that's within them because you, instead of living life to the fullest and being intentional like a leader is, they're trying to just keep their habit, you know, alive. So if you can uh, have an escape mechanism or a release valve, would you agree that that would, would, put them in a position to really curtail a lot of those issues yes or yes would that would you agree with that yeah i'd agree with that. yeah yeah so um because i've noticed that particularly our generation we have a lot of people who are they're hurting and they don't know how to express it but they turn to music to kind of quiet a lot of their nerves 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just, it, it, it helps you, even if nobody ever hears that music, you know, I mean, it helps you get your feelings off of yourself and onto a piece of paper, you know, and it's, I mean, for me, it's fun to make music, right? So you take this fun way of, or this fun uh, activity of making music, and you put your feelings into it, you know? That's, that's where emotion comes into music, you know, is a lot of these, a lot of music is written from real life stories, you know, about people's struggles that they're going through. And it just, you know, putting it together, it just creates great music. I mean, you've got people like I was saying, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I know Johnny Cash is a big, big one. A lot of his music is, uh, for example, uh, if you've ever heard the famous Johnny Cash song, Folsom Prison Blues, that song was written about his time in the military because he felt like he couldn't escape. So it felt like a prison, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, and that's, that's another good, uh, Johnny, bringing that, bringing Johnny Cash into it is really good because that's a, a, definitely a good, almost I would say genre of music because country or I, I would, I would classify him as more country. I yeah, don't know. Maybe outlaw country. Outlaw more, country. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to that, you definitely hear a lot of, People's pains, you know, if you listen to a lot of, uh, you can hear that also in rap, you can hear that also in a lot of, you know, in pop, you can hear a lot of like love ballads, I mean, like Whitney Houston comes to mind. And then, of course, you have a lot of your liturgical, religious, contemporary worship and hymns that sing adoration and worship. You have a lot of different, um, then you have, you have classical music that stirs, it's instrumental, but it stirs and it, it conveys a message but through instruments only. So it's, and it has a very powerful feeling. And you can, whenever you watch a movie or a show or any kind of a production, you can tell where the story's going by the tone of the music. And you can tell if it's happy, if it's sad, if it's joyous, if it's funny, curious. Because money, money, music tells a story. And, and a lot of people, look to music to just make money with it but i want to look to music as yeah you there's money in it to be made but it can also it can inspire it can make people reflect it can make people kind of it can answer a lot of questions and it can soothe a lot of wounds you know that music can do and 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 you can tell a lot about a person by the music that they listen to Mm -hmm. by the songs that they constantly listen to by the songs that they produce and a lot of times if people have a bad background, they'll mention it in their songs. If they have a, 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 a love of their life, they'll mention it in their songs. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very, it's a very, and I'll, even people who don't have an, an ability to play or sing or write music, it's a universal language. Yeah. I found that people can relate to a song, even if they don't know the words, they can relate to the beat and the melody, you know. For sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of, the the bad part, you know, the downfall of that though is whenever you have people that are marketing their music, you know, not really going through those struggles, but they're marketing music towards those people, you know. I mean, so 
for example, you know, you've got a lot of, like you were saying, pop music that are t that it talks about, you know, these love, uh, you know, relationships. But, you know, sometimes they're not really going through these things. And then, you know, you've got a lot of artists who will make this hit song, right? But they don't really have the life experience that they were talking about on that first song. And they become a one-hit wonder, you know, because they don't really have a broad uh, knowledge of what to talk about, you know? Yeah. And because a lot of – and you do kind of – I've always been curious about one-hit wonders and why they make it and why some make it and why some don't. And if you listen to them, there's, there's that – feeling factor that comes in when someone is singing a song mm -hmm. and you can if you leave feeling the emotion that they were trying to convey then you found really you found an artist you found an artist that knows how to connect to the to the heartstrings because they themselves can feel the song yeah. Because they've been through it. When you can feel the song as the artist, your audience will pick up on that. I mean, an example of that would be like, let's take Adele. For me, she's my favorite, probably one of my favorite singers of all time. Because, I mean, whenever she sings Rolling in the Deep, I mean, you can just really feel that that emotion. Like that she went through some hard times to make that song versus... Somebody like uh, Rebecca Black in Friday, you know, she doesn't quite give you the emotion that Adele would. I mean, even if it's just a happy emotion versus a sad emotion, you could tell that they went through a harder time than they're having a fun time, you know, because they, you know, it's you they've been through it, you know. Yeah, you can you can sing with feeling because you're almost singing through your past. Either you wrote it and it's directly what happened in your past and you're writing it as like a ballad or a, a sonnet or whatever. Or it could be a song that isn't based on your life, but it's so similar you can sing it and then – or you can, as a musician, you can play it and then the words will remind you of what your past was. Yeah. But if you don't have any ethos to it, if you don't have any connection to it, it's just going to be – it's going to be technically – sound but it's not going to be really there's going to be something missing there. yeah the feeling the the uh the the tone isn't going to be there the tone of your voice isn't going to be like i mean whenever adele like i said whenever adele sings it rolling in the deeper you know any song you can tell that she's been through that it's a real emotion you know and that's why that emotion has correlated into you know, multi-platinum albums, you know. I mean, she's one of the most successful singers of all time. And she's got a lot of people waiting on the doorstep to hear what's next, you know. Yeah, because people love listening to music that they know they have a connection to because people connect emotionally. Emotional, that emotional feel and tug is what gets, you know, people to buy in for lack of a better phrase buy into what you're about buy into what you're selling i mean there's so many leadership things that many people here listening to this podcast many of them are entrepreneurs they're in some form of entrepreneurship in some form of leadership and so they're understanding but they understand through whatever 
means that they do it that you want to get to the emotion of it. So in music, the emotion of it is how you sing the lyrics. It's not so much the words, because words are words in music and beats is music and beats, chord charts are chord charts, but it's it's what you turn them into. Yeah. It becomes alive in the in the hands of, of a skilled and ex, an experienced um, artist. But then that, I'll, oh sorry. No, 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 that's okay. It comes in it comes in the form of someone who's experienced in that pain can portray it when the feeling that it needs to be portrayed in. Yeah. But then also on the reverse you can Listen to somebody like Katy Perry, you know, who her her music is fun. You know, if you go to a Katy Perry concert, it's not going to be dark and dreary. You know, it's going to be fun. There's going to be dancing. And her music is marketed towards helping you escape for a second from your dark and dreary times. Oh, well, let's go listen to some Katy Perry. Let's have fun, you know. And it's hard. I would say it's harder to find that fun energy than it is to find you know or it's harder to find the fun energy than it is it's easier to find the dark and dreary because a lot of people go through that so it's easy to put that on a piece of paper for some people for a lot of people uh whether that's you know writing like somebody like edgar Allan poe you know or uh like Adele, you know, they both are writers, but they can write about that dark and dreary time. But we don't have those Edgar Allan Poe's and uh, Adele's that also sing for the fun times, you know. I, I would say it's harder to find fun things than sad things, you know. So, but so I would say it's harder to market for the fun times, but yeah, and it's sad because, but negative sells, unfortunately. I mean, that's why the news is so popular. I mean, because people love hearing. People end up, the, the, the sad thing is people like that because it makes them feel that their life isn't as bad as someone else's life. That's kind of sad, but that can be how it is. That can be how it goes in that realm. But so many people just go through, they go through life and they want to feel better about themselves. So why go to a song that's worse than your life? How would you just go to a song that uplifts you, you know? It's, that, yeah. that, you know, make, but I mean, but people have, people have their own interests. But I always want to go to a song that I know will edify and quicken me to be better than go to a song that's darker than my life. So I'm like, well, at least my life's not as dark as, dark as their life is. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening to music, I would encourage you to not listen to anything. Because music has the power to move the soul. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, there's some songs I can listen to and I'll feel a certain way after listening to them. Mm-hmm. And there's some songs that's more instrumental, but it'll relax you and it can put you to sleep. There's some songs that'll get you riled up and ready to go. I mean, that's why at certain sporting events, you hear more um, like ACDC type music and more yeah. songs like that because it gets people pumped. It gets yeah, the players pumped. Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but if you're about ready to fall asleep, you listen to classical, you listen to like soft, quieter music because music has its music in itself is its own communicator. Yeah. And so the best way is the best way to handle it as a musician. Maybe you're an inspiring entrepreneur in the music field. Your best way to use that tool to your advantage is to use it to convey a message of of hope and use the music that you're producing to, you know, swoop in and then change. Because music can change the mood better than anything. I mean, that's why, you know, there's, 
there's whole genres of romance music where you, you know you you dim the lights and you play you get people in the mood for it releases romance. your endorphins yeah yeah and that's why i believe god made it is because it it's something that it can it can stir something in in a realm that we can't see that gets that stirs people to a certain you know behavior sure. that's why you be careful what you listen to yeah religious music you know i mean that's that's almost if you go to a lot of church, I've never been to a church that doesn't have music, you know, and it, I find for me that I have more spiritual connectivity during music, you know, whenever I'm hearing, you know, a Hillsong worship song, you know, versus, well, I mean, obviously I'm not going to feel a, a worship connectivity in a secular song, but, uh, you know, for me, I find more I'm more connected to God listening to music rather than reading the Bible, just because I feel like you said it gets you going, you know it releases that endorphins, it makes me want to praise God, you know I mean, like you said, God made music for a reason, and I think for some people, you know, like reading the Bible can be a really intimate thing, and I think that you should always read your Bible right but I think for also for some people, uh, you know, listening to music is almost just as good as worship wise. Now, if you're trying to find knowledge, of course, you want to go to the Bible. But if you're just trying to connect to God and talk to God, I feel for me, at least listening to music is a bigger way to get there. You know, absolutely. Worship is a very key. And my 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 pastor has said worship worry is present when there's an absence of worship so when you're not because worship if we're on the topic of worship worship is something where you cast cares upon god um and because he's higher than yourself he's a higher being than yourself he's more powerful and the words become it it it, you express feelings through music that you can't express through just communication you know there's something about there's that feeling that's atti- attached to music that's not attached to just regular verbiage, I've noticed. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's so many people like to to look at it and say, you know, what I can't do is I can't express myself. And I just say, well, you know what, tell you what, put on your favorite music and everybody has their favorite music. Yeah. And for me... I've gone whenever I go through, and when I put on my favorite music, something happens. My favorite music can change. I mean, I have a wide variety of music that I like, but I usually listen to a song. And whenever I'm in a hard place, I'll listen to a song over and over and over again until I get tired of that song. And then that song's the purpose for me having that song has been fulfilled, so I move on to another song. But songs will always get me through, you know, and it could vary from different eras and genres and artists. But when I feel a song is moving me and I can really relate to whatever is in that song, I might not understand why I relate to it, but I can feel it inside me. I just keep listening to it until I don't need to listen to it anymore. Exactly. And there's a significance to that. Yeah. I mean, whenever you're listening, I think whenever you have a, what's the word, like a connectivity, uh, like, what's it called? Like, you know, uh, whenever you're feeling inspired by a song, you know, or whenever you can connect with a song, I feel like it really helps you release that endorphin in your brain that, you know, I'm not the only one going through this hard time, but look, time is, you know, it's going to get better, all right? 
you know? So it keeps you moving on, you know? I think that's why, you know, like you said earlier, God made music for a reason. And I feel like it's to help us press on through those hard times of, you know, need. Yeah, it, yeah. music solves, it soothes a, 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 an angry soul or it soothes a worrying soul. And we look at in scripture, we look at what King David did before he became king. What he did with when King Saul was, you know, in a very bad state he would come in and david would come in and play his harp it would be the equivalent of i guess of an acoustic guitar today or something mm-hmm. like that in fact i think it was technically a lyre he played but it was basically a harp and he came in and he played and he was able to calm king saul down and that was the that was the purpose of of music and you can find that if you if you can find that in scripture in First Samuel, uh, chapter sixteen, um, fourteen through twenty three. But but the analogy. But the point I'm making with that analogy is is that's an example in scripture about how music can. You know, we've already given you examples of how it can kind of work in your daily life, how it can make you feel, and all what different kind of songs can make you feel a certain way. But yeah. because the, the music will make the way the music has the ability to make you feel what the song is singing or wanting to be portrayed. Yeah. And, and, and we, but just the sheer instrumentation, you know, there's some, in, in the counseling therapy world, there is such a thing as music therapy because, you know, it, it does have its effects and, you know. Yeah. And, well, that's a big thing. Like I'll go back to hip hop. Now we're going to go from, uh, you know, uh, Christian music or religious music to hit back to hip hop. Nothing but, wrong with that. Uh, you know, that's a big reason like Tupac was so big is because he really sang the truth. I mean, he sang this song called Brenda's Got a Baby that talked about this mother who went through a really hard time. And a lot of people correlated with that. You know, it's the people can correlate, they, they correlate with the music. To help them push back, you know, push beyond their uh, mental barriers, you know, past the hard times. And that's what hip hop is for a lot of people is, you know, there's a lot of people in the ghettos and, you know, in the inner cities that are, you know, subjected to, you know, drugs, violence, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of early pregnancies and, these, you know, people like Tupac, people who really just help, you know, people who really talk about those things in their music can help somebody get past those hard times. Because, I mean, Tupac was subjected to those same hard times, but look where he got in his life. And we're talking about him 20, 29 years later, you know, and that's, you know, that's a big thing, you know. Whenever, like we've been talking about this whole day, whenever somebody comes from that feeling to make that music, and then it also correlates with you because they almost went through similar circumstances, circumstances to what you went through, you know, and it helps you push through because look where they are, but they were subjected to these same feelings, you know. Yeah, it gives you um, it gives you someone to look up to, and it it gives you it's it, if this artist can get through it, then I can get through it, 
and you can turn to a song. And there's so many people who I've, you know, I've listened to. And the beautiful thing about music is it also goes kind of coincides with, um, I mean, later on in this, in, we're going to talk plenty about self-improvement and reading, but music can also be the same way. You're being mentored by artists. Well, not, I want to say mentored. You're being, you're, you can listen to an artist's song and they've, they've since passed on or you've never met them before, but their work can impact you. And that's because it's, there's something long-lasting in that, yeah. in that art form. And, and it's not just in music, but we're talking about music in this episode. So we'll, we'll just leave it to music. I mean, Whitney Houston, I, I love listening to Whitney Houston. And when I listen to her gospel music, I can be moved to tears by it. So because she put forth the effort to apply herself in her craft, she was a leader in what she did because she ran her own company. She had the principles of, of being intentional in how she lived. She made, she made mistakes. We understand that. But she was able to let her life be used for the good overall. And here I can be years later after her, her death and be ministered to and be inspired by her music. And I've never met the woman. Yeah. And that's the, that's the power of, of seeking. And, and, and a lot of people don't understand that that's what's happening. But that's what a stylish leader does. They change their mindset to say, you know what? They're, they gl- you glean more out of stuff when, you're, when you look through the lens of how can this impact my life now and how am I utilizing this to benefit me? Not just, oh, I like their music. It's like, man, this artist, I'm in a way, I'm being, whenever I listen to their, their, their music, uh, I'm being, I have a one-on-one with this person's, their, their heart's cry or their soul or something, particularly if they wrote it. Um, and that's very important, I would say, uh, sure. to, um, to kind of take it. Just a, it just is one taking it one step further than just, I don't want you to just listen to music. I want you to listen to music with the lens of how can I really be focused on applying this to my life? And it, it makes you be cognizant of the, the lyrics you write, the lyrics you listen to, the lyrics you read, the stuff that you, you know, take in because that will view it as a, view music as a form of nourishment to your soul. And what kind of nourishment do you want it to be? Um, you know, like the Apostle Paul said it, not all, everything's prop, not, uh, everything's profitable, but not everything's lawful. And so, um, and, and so just be careful because when you do, when you do listen to things, um, it's, it's going to change how you, that's how you, it's going to change how you go through life. And that, that quote was in um, 1 Corinthians ten twenty three. if you want to know where that scripture was. But it's just not everything is going to, I mean, you can, you can listen to what you want to, basically, but some of those things are going to put you in a darker mood than you want to be. Like, I love the blues, but I can't listen to the blues too much because, you know, it'll start depressing me, you know. Like, I'll start taking almost, taking on their, the song's problem. So I have to break it up and, you know, even though I love the instrumental part of it. Yeah. But I mean, the blues could be also happy too. I mean, you've got uh, a lot of happy blues too. Uh, I mean, for an example of that is you, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guitarist. His name is Muddy Waters. He's one of the older uh, blues players, but he's called, he's got a song called, I can't remember what it's called, but, uh, Anyways, oh, I'm a man. That's what it's called. And uh, 
So he's just talking about, I'm a man, you know, it's just like, you know, look at me, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a braggadocious song, but it's fun, you know, it's a fun song to listen to. Uh, so, I mean, blues is more what is an expression, is blues is an expression of your emotions. That, now, that could be happy emotions, that could be sad emotions, that could be angry emotions. I mean, I would say that the Rolling Stones are heavily blues-based, and I'd say that they have all three of those songs, or all three of those, you know, sad, angry, or happy types of music. Same with somebody like ACDC, you know. Their music is very, you know blues based i mean blues really helped build the bridge for that type of music whether we're talking i mean for example you've got rolling stones the only reason that they name their band rolling stones is because of muddy water had a song named rolling stones so they named the rolling stones after that so a lot of people call the rolling stones rock but it's very inspired by blues i mean all the way to the name of their band, you know? So, it, I mean, blues doesn't have to be uh, angry or sad. I mean, it's just an expression of your emotions, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the beautiful thing is, is when you're in an emotion, you can, you know, real, you know, there's music can allow music to allow, allow music when you listen to it to put you in a mindset that I'm not the only one that's going through something because that, that's so common that people think that they're the only one going through something and that's not in any way accurate. So use it as a way, and I think a lot of people use it as a coping mechanism to say, hey, I'm not the only one that's struggling with this. Um, and so when you have a perspective that says, I'm not the only one that's struggling with something, it encourages you to keep going on. And so that's why... And like, and I'll use like uh, Pharrell Williams' song "Happy." Mm-hmm. You oh, cannot yeah. be sad very long listening to that music, that song, mm-hmm. because it's just all he's singing about is how happy he is. And um, Justin Timberlake did a song also as well. Um, what, what, okay, I gotta look it up here. Is, I, is it the? Um, it, we're gonna look it up here because Justin Timberlake has another song that I have on my playlist that. I don't ever feel sad when I listen to it because the purpose of the song is to make you happy. And the name of the song is uh, Can't Stop the Feeling. I feel happy when I listen to it, but it's a song singing about happiness, you know. Yeah. So uh, you just, it, it just it gets you in that lively mood of, man, I'm happy mm-hmm. when I listen to these songs. So I listen to those songs a lot. But it gets you, and it, it just gets the endorphins going because that's the purpose of the song. It yeah. connects you to happiness. For sure. But I mean, if you listen to something like Pharrell Williams' "Happy," I mean, if you really delve down into that song, it's almost blues. You know, it's really a bluesy song. You know, just the the. I mean, if you just took out the words and listened to the instrumental, it's like a high. It's like a happy blues. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because blues, and unfortunately, the, the, that genre gets a bad rap because we look at it and we're like, oh, wow, blues. I mean, it's because whenever someone says, oh, I'm feeling low, they say, oh, you have the blues. It's like, yeah. okay, well. And really, if you look at the color blue in many, either whether it be in, I mean, I, I don't know so much about, 
I, I studied psychology and kind of and had a, I have a counseling background in some education, so I kind of know a little bit about color therapy, but not too much. I know some colors represent certain things. Color, the color blue, through a lot of either the leadership or therapy segments, it's always a calming color. Ironically, so I mean, it's not a sad color, but I don't know why it I mean, got it's the, the name. color of the sky. You know? Yeah, I don't know how it got the name blues for <laughs> sadness, but it, yeah. but really, it's just a form of expression. But then you also have. But blues, from a, just an instrumental standpoint, spawned off a lot of different music, like rockabilly, like gospel, like and gospel and blues kind of went kind of hand in hand in how it went, and then contemporary, and then pop, and then rap. They all kind of have some form of either gospel or blues influence yeah. from the instrumental standpoint. They're all very connected. I mean, just music in a whole is just very connected, you know. And that's something, honestly, for me, I'm just coming to realize is how connected all genres are i mean if you go back and listen to somebody like now i'm going to show you my study of music is somebody like uh lead belly who played yeah, early yeah. 1900s he was like one of the first guitarists that was ever recorded they can't decide whether he is country or whether he is blues I mean, some people will call him blues, but then some people will say he's country. But now if we look at blues and country music today, a lot of people will be, you know, they don't know the, you know, there's a big difference between what Jason Aldean is doing and what Gary Clark Jr. is doing. There's a big difference, you know. But if you go all the way back, you've got this artist that they can't decide whether it's blues or country. So it's all very integrated, you know. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing about music is is it doesn't have to – you don't have – people, and I really believe it's God-given, they have an appreciation for music even if they can't play it. Now, I have – I'm very blessed to be able to play it, and I'm blessed to come from a family who is very musically incl- inclined. I mean, my, my father is a musician. All my uncles are a musician. One of my father's uncles was the bass player for Leonard Skinner, so that was wow. really cool. Awesome. So, And I have aunts that play, and so – we can have our own, you know, and we're from the South, so we have fiddle players, and we have banjo. Oh, actually, I have a banjo, so I'm kind of learning banjo. But banjo, mandolin, all the guitars, drums, I play bass, keyboard, you know, all these different instruments we can play. You know, my father was in marching band and, and all that. I don't know if he can still play the horn or anything, but but the, my point I'm making is is I come from a musically in, – I'm blessed to come from a mus- musically inclined family. So I can't imagine not being able to play it. But when you play music, you almost have a deeper appreciation for it. But you don't even have to have – you're born with – I believe you're born – every person is born with an appreciation for music because you look across cultures. Everyone has a form of music. Yeah. Like I'm into percussion and there's so many different cultural – whether it's in South America or Africa or maybe in the Icelandic or Scandinavian areas. Everyone seems to have a regional drum or percussion mm-hmm. instrument sure. or style of music. Yeah. Uh, or rhythmic pattern, and it's incredible. Or they all have, you know, and then, of course, you go into the Orient and Asia and all in that area, they all have their own instruments and accoutrements, and uh, if, I, if I pronounce that right, I believe. Uh, they just all have their own form of music because it's a form of expression, and a lot of these people, these people weren't really connected to know that they should have some form of um, sound that has a pattern to it that moves the soul. But it's ingrained within us. And, and some people can do it. Some people can't. But the point is everyone has an appreciation for it. Some, some have a form of a religious ceremony. Some have a form of almost like, like, a, like the bugle and a drum can, can march people into battle. Some have a form of therapy, calming, some aroused emotion like anger and, and, and you know, can 
uh, aroused, you know, like I'm pumped up to play a sport. And they all, it's just, it's like a, it's almost like a, an instrument in the hands of a surgeon. They know how to use it. And if you know how to use music to appropriateness, you can really move a nation. And that's why as a leader, you're, every leader has the task of moving people. So if you are out there, and this would go more to people who host events. Uh, I've been to many different entrepreneurship events and networking events and that have like seminar type feel. They're always playing music to get the crowd going, particularly if it's a morning session and everyone's just like, Ooh. it has a form of, it has a form of, just talking about it, I guess, you know, it has a form of a, a natural caffeine almost. It's like a sound caffeine that just gets people hyped up. So if you're out there and you host those kind of events, get, the, get that pump up playlist going because it's going to get the people moving. And when you get the people moving, then they'll be able to listen to your message if you're a speaker or you host events. Get that music playlist just right to, you know, and get them, get them happy, hyped up, excited because it'll get, get people in a state of mind to then learn what people have to say. You think uh, Kim Jong-un could play keyboard? I don't know if he can. I think he thinks he can, you know, but yeah. But I'm sure in that culture yeah, they sure. have. Nobody in that country is going to tell him he can't. So. Right. <laughs> but in that culture they have music that they listen to, you know, yeah. and every culture has a, as a, as an instrument that they listen to. And, um, and then even regionally, like in the United States here, it's, it's, it's really cool to listen to. So I have a banjo, and that's very – and that's ingrained in the bluegrass country – Southern gospel, um, you know, Western type, Appalachia type music. And then you have, I have a bass guitar and that's in, that's more along, and it's an electric bass. That could be across all the different kinds of, from heavy metal to pop to Christian contemporary to worship to liturgical to, uh, you know, rockabilly to all that. And then you have drums and that's foundational and anything from marching band to worship music to rock and roll to heavy metal. It's just how you use it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's how you use a car. Like, you know, you drive the car on the interstate, you drive it in the back road, you drive it on the access road, you just have it in the showroom floor. It's still a car, it's just how to use it. So it just depends on, and that's what makes music so universal. You can use it. You have so many different, you know, you can go, go to your local guitar store and you can have a band instructor, a worship pastor, and a heavy metal rocker and a rapper all in the same building buying instruments and music. Yeah. And they're all going to use it differently, but it's a, it's a form of, it's a medium of communication. Yeah. It's a language. For sure. That makes it so exciting. And so that's why if you are fluent in, the, in music, um, it's, it's, very, it's very crucial I feel to use music to build people up instead of tear people down. And there's a lot of there's a lot of lyrics and and a lot of genres that promote violence or sexism or racism or um, self destructive behavior. That's why it's very important to tell your story. But to as as you're telling the story as a lyric as a lyric writer. Uh, if you're out there and I'm talking more to the people who write music, it's very important to make it edifying. Because if you don't edify, then you're going to yeah, but cause that, problems. That goes back to, you know, trying to keep it real to your life, to being able to correlate with other people that are going through that same struggle. So that way that they can look up to you. Because, okay, for example, I mean, you may have a lot of violence in your life. Okay, but if you edify that, right? Somebody's going through that same situation and yeah. needs somebody to look up to. And if you edify it, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of taking 
your credentials away from you, you know, because now you, you don't really feel like you went through that, you know. Right. I don't know exactly what you meant by, like, edifying. Well, like, but, um, condoning violence, I would say, like, you yeah. know, go oh, yeah, and like, yeah. go do this. Yeah, yeah, go do this. But I yeah. mean, like, telling stories of your life, I mean, I yeah. think that's okay. You know? Oh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, my perspective was there's a lot of, uh, tell the story and tell what you've gone through, but there are, um, because I, I know another gentleman who was in, the music industry and he would say yeah we would we would also we would tell people we knew that explicit lyrics would sell because people they knew that if we if we told them it was explicit they would listen to it because we knew that that would kind of be edgy and raw but it was done in the purpose of let's condone a certain behavior that would get them in trouble or arrested yeah and there's a difference between like go you know Mm. inflict harm or hey i've been through this for sure let me tell you my story through music. Sure. There's a big difference. So I was just saying, tell your story through music, but don't condone the behavior that you may have gone through in the past. Yeah. That's what I was saying. There's a fine line there. And as a writer, you have to know where that is. Yeah. I mean, but that's also part of knowing who you're marketing to. Also. Exactly, yeah. And that it all comes around to marketing, right? And yeah. who, you're, who is your music for, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing. So I and, and we have about another like eleven minutes left because we're going to go around sixty minutes on this one. So, thank you for hanging in there with us. But how are what are some ideas you have to market your your music? Well, I've been having like some ideas that whenever my EP comes out, I really want to go, you know, to some of these local events. You know, maybe a basketball game, maybe a football game. You know, maybe the lock or uh, the. Uh, parking lot of the Dallas Cowboys where they play and maybe hand out, you know, just my music. Cause I mean, you never know who somebody knows, you know, I mean, you might hand your disc to somebody who you have no idea, but they might be connected to a big time, uh, music label, you know, and they might like your music, give it to them. And hey, next thing you know, you're signed or you're in the press. Says, Look at this guy, man. He's up and coming. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, that's a big thing. And that's another reason why I'm on SoundCloud is, you know, a lot of people's music is up and coming on SoundCloud. I mean, if you look at somebody like uh, Post Malone started on SoundCloud, he didn't really go... I mean, his first mixtape that he ever put out was on SoundCloud, and he was selling uh, his his uh, mixtape to his high school, and nobody really liked it, you know? But now look where he is, you know? Right, right. So obviously, he must have given somebody a mixtape that they liked it, and whether he knew that that person was connected or not, I don't know, but I mean, just... I mean, you never know who you're talking to is the point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's a big thing about – and we're definitely going to go into this this particular topic. I want to really break this down in later podcast episodes with myself and with others about the power of networking because you just – it's not necessarily what you know. It's who you know and it's how many people you can connect to resource because you don't have to really be that good at a whole lot of things. But you really – to, to thrive really in the world, but really to thrive in entrepreneurship in any way, shape or form, in leadership, you just have to be a very good connector and listener. Mm-hmm. Listen to people well, connect people to resource, and understand that treat everybody with the same amount of respect because you just, just like you said, Tyler, you never know who you're going to meet. 
They might not always look like who you're thinking. You, they might not look the part, but they very well may be the part. Sure. So you've got to always understand. Treat everyone with respect and network. Because you, your net worth, I've heard it said, I've heard wise men and, and women say this many times, your net work is tied in direct your net worth is tied in direct proportion to your net work. So net worth is really tied to your net work. Who do you know and how do you know them and how many people do they know because that's how you get things started. That's how word of mouth starts. That's how social media is taken off. It's, hey, man, you got to get this Facebook account. You got to get this Instagram account. They don't, those platforms don't really advertise like a, as it, pertain, as it pertains to like a, a billboard campaign or a, a Super Bowl commercial, but like Facebook and Instagram, they're always on they're always on every form of advertisement because everyone has an account with those institutions, those organizations. So it's a word of mouth thing, but it's also that's how everything is built through this connection and this web of you can call it you can call it whatever form you want, but it's ultimately it comes down to a form of connection. And when you're an artist or you're some form of an entrepreneur or a leader, your ability to connect with others is gonna that's going to be the health of your organization or your pursuits. Yeah, I mean, you might, I mean, even beyond music, you might share your business plan with somebody who, I mean, you don't, I mean, a potential investor, and they might not like your, uh, you know, your uh, business plan. Oh, but they know somebody who will, and they'll invest big money into your plan because oh i know that they'll like it let me give it to this guy because this isn't my forte and you see that a lot and like my favorite i guess marketing tv show would be like shark tank where they're like you know i can't do anything with this oh but you know uh mark cuban can you know yeah it it shows exactly how business works and um and there's a there's a principle and i don't know the exact name so we'll we'll dive more into just this one principle as a podcast in and of itself but you're four people away you're four people away from anyone in the country. I've heard they said, like, you know four people. And I, and I started thinking about it. I was like, well, let me go ahead and just, you know, apply this to uh, myself. And I thought, you know, that actually is true. So I know an individual who's in local government, and they know a state representative who knows a congressman who knows the governor. And I can also say... But also the same person, I know another person who's a state representative. They know the governor, who knows the president, yeah. who knows pick your world leader. Uh-huh. So I really am four people away <laughs> yeah. from who I want to. Yeah. And, and that's just, you know, I really believe it's God orchestrated and you know, your steps align. But you, but you really are four people away. And a lot of times you might not know that you know someone who knows somebody. Yeah. But I mean, I... I somebody knows somebody and that's we're interconnected we're intersocial beings and a lot of people don't understand that so when they would when they're approached with a business model or they're approached with an opportunity or they're approached with someone who's seeking help in the business realm they kind of turn off because they don't know how to do it because they're almost are like it's because a lot of people have an employee mindset where it's just come in clock in clock out and i leave but really the people who are running the show they understand Man, who does this person know? Who does this person know? I go to networking events all the time. I was just at one today at Microsoft, and I'm meeting people who have different perspectives. And I don't have any skill set that I can think of that would allow me to be in Microsoft's doors. Yeah. But I'm meeting people there. I, I know people in local government. I know people in former professional athletes. So that, that's the power of networking. So if I have a project I need help with that I don't have an ability to, to 
to do, oh, let me call this person up or vice versa. They, they look at me like, man, you do a lot of different events with young millennials and young, you know, generation Z coming up. I want to get into that market. Or I want to talk to those people. Can you give me a platform? Sure. You know, that's the power of networking. And then this podcast is designed to give you the entrepreneur or the one with a project, the public spotlight to say, and, and, and I'm going to tell you the way that this podcast gets out there is you tell your friends, share it on social media. You, we've already talked about where to find it. I'm going to give Tyler a chance to give his, all of his places to find it. And then the beautiful thing is now Tyler's crowd is going to hear my podcast because they want to hear Tyler, you know, and vice versa. So, you know, that's how, that's how networking works. So I know we're closing with networking, but again, you have, you have your idea and you want it to, for it to take life. You got to open your mouth and word of mouth is the best way to do it. It's the cheapest way to do it. And it'll give you the ability to then get the other forms of advertising in place because people will help you do that so what is, so tyler what is your how can we help you get your name out there uh just go listen to me on uh soundcloud uh big tunes or b-i-g-t-o-o-n-z and uh you know go listen to my music that's all i can ask you to do and whenever september rolls around listen to dark light because i've been working hard on it and it's I, it's something that i want you all to hear because I made it for y'all, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you have an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook? Uh, uh, I got Instagram uh, is the real big tunes, the real big T double O N Z. And also uh, my Twitter is at the real big tunes, uh, spelled the same way. So, okay. Yeah. That's excellent. So if they want to book you to do a show, um, how can they reach out to you? Is there a- uh, I mean, just DM me or uh, email me at uh, tylertunat at gmail.com. Okay, so there you have it, uh, guys and gals. If you want to have, and what would so you would say, is it rap or hip hop that is your genre? Uh, I think it's both. You know, they both intertwine. I mean, I just try to do a little taste, especially with Darklight. I'm trying to more show what I can do in different fields in the songs. You know, so one song I may have focused uh, strictly on my uh, word choice, or uh, on another I might have focused more on. You know. The way that I say things and the rhythm that I'm saying them. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just hip-hop, you know, rap. Okay. So, if you need, if you are in need of that or if that's your favorite style of music, um, give him a a shout. Give him a listen to. And that's the beautiful thing about this podcast. I don't – I'm not going to discriminate against any field or genre or anything. I want to give him a spotlight because I know what it takes. I know what it's like to put yourself out there. And I want to be a cheerleader for you guys out there. And I want to be a cheerleader for the people in my life to say, hey, go out there and go do it. So I always want to give you a spotlight and just be a connector. And then the beautiful thing about that is Zig Ziglar said, get people what they want and you'll get what you want. So I want this podcast to go all over the place. So the best way to do that is to get a lot of different people from a lot of different uh, perspectives with a lot of different we in the business or sales where we call it markets warm markets but that's basically they have spheres of influence they have people that they know that's how i so we grow each other that's the best way to do it and there's because there's a leader thinks with an abundance mindset i'm not afraid of somebody from a different leadership perspective stealing my group or my crowd or my influence that's not the way someone with an abundance mindset thinks or operates it's there's a lot there's enough out there for everybody so i want to leave you with this thought use music to your advantage to motivate yourself to move but also to motivate others uh use it as a form of release and out and an outlet and also 
when you're out there in any form, uh, the best way to get connected and be successful is to just network and meet people. So own your own style, my friends. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Again, catch us again on all those podcast platforms. There'll be more to come, so stay tuned. Again, check out YouTube and Instagram. You're going to love the content there. Peace and God bless, and thank you so much for listening. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome, man. Anytime.